Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Monday, friends. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock, back from the scene of the crime yesterday at State Farm <laughs> Stadium. We couldn't get him on the show. He's back today. Bo, how you feeling? Cardinals have won exactly one home game in their last 11 tries dating back to November of last year. Care, care to give us any thoughts on that? Can I just uh, vomit into my microphone? Can I just yeah. barf all over the place? Because I'm sick to my stomach how everything kind of fell down, fell yesterday. Arizona Cardinals giving up the two-point conversion. Like, Brandon Staley's not supposed to get away with that shit, being so bold, having the testicular fortitude that he had to go for two mm-hmm. after the team got into the end zone. We're yeah. a PAT away from tying this game, and he's like, you know what? We're on the road. We need a big dub. We're not going to roll the dice in overtime. We're going to stick it to you because, hell, we can get two yards when we want to get two yards. And that's pretty much how they ran offense all day. But they did it all day. It was it was death by a thousand cuts. And it was brutal to watch from the Arizona Cardinals standpoint because uh, they fall to four and eight. And the heat continues to uh, get hotter under Cliff Kingsbury's seat despite his extension. And uh, now, I mean, we might even have more of a VIP access to old Sean Payton than we originally thought after Tay. I, I know we're going to get into it, but my God. And, and then, you know, the whole shit storm that was the, we were schematically fucked, uh, you know, press conference clip from, from Kyler Murray. We yeah. can kind of shed some light on that, but more of the fallout today, I think just recapping everything, taking our thoughts that obviously we were knee jerk yesterday and hopefully having uh, more well thought out, uh, recap and reaction to the loss i love that quote especially from kyle murray because it makes bo brock swear and i feel like i do most <laughs> swearing on this show but full transparency bo and i are going to have our top five lists of potential replacements for cliff kingsbury come wednesday's show so be sure to mark your calendars what? for that however i do want to talk about bo you were in the locker room you saw the scene of the crime yesterday and it poses the question that the title was the show on cliff kingsbury losing again it doesn't matter to me there, there are no moral losses for this team when your quarterback makes $43 million a year, when everybody got extensions, when it was playoffs or bust this year, you're four and eight. You got your ass kicked on Monday night football. You came home and played an average charger team. You had a lead, you blew it. What was the mindset, the mentality of the players in that rock room? I don't care about cliff right now. We're going to talk to mm-hmm. talk about cliff later. You talked to him at his presser today, but like, could you tell the team was gutted? And and how do you expect them to press forward in these final five yeah. games that essentially don't mean a lot? Can, can I say something that's probably an unpopular opinion to because we know the pulse yeah. of this fan base, right? We've got our fingers right on it. Um, I don't think that this team quit on Cliff. I, I saw a team that played very hard yesterday, right. but were put in position to not succeed. At the end of the day, they left that door ajar and Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley kicked through it with 15 yep. seconds left and ripped your goddamn heart out and, you know, yep. stood there and, and showed it to you. It was like the it was like the dumb and dumber dream sequence where he put it in a in a doggy bag and handed it to him. I, I think that is the, the Cardinals team. They were actually they played well for about three and a half quarters yesterday. 
and then just couldn't close the door. They couldn't salt that game away. It was something that Calvin Beecham said they they emphasized on Saturday before Sunday as far as salting games away, being uh, running that offense just under about four minutes, running trying to run that clock. And what happened, Johnny? It was nine plays and three series for 16 total yards. Bad. Not enough. All they needed was a first down. Hmm. And when you look through it, man, I mean, especially just with hindsight being 2020, I mean, you see, you get the, the first series where it's a fair catch by Farrell Cooper on yeah. the six-yard line. What the fuck was that? Like how? I mean, I know he's just coming to the organization, but he knows. But he was he, given instructions. I, I guess. I mean, how do you not let that ball – uh, at least try to let it bounce and see if it can get, make its way to the end zone. Give yourself some room, but you're already starting with your with your your offense backed up against your own end zone, and then McBride doesn't make the play. Uh, you know, it, you probably had a gain of three or whatever sets you up for like third and six. Maybe you're more aggressive with that call. I don't mind that they got conservative on that first series running with Connor on third down and but 11, he picks up nine. No, it didn't. And that was, it wasn't supposed to work. It was supposed to give Andy Lee a little bit more room and potentially try to flip the field. But then after on the second series, you get the absurd D hop catch. You got third and manageable. And then once again, your rookie tight end playing in place of the injured for the season after knee surgery, uh, Zach Ertz McBride can't make a play on third down. So, you know, it, it's, and, and also on that play, you've got, Hollywood Brown kind of in motion. And I feel like he had a whole lot of daylight in front of him. You wish that Kyler Murray maybe kind of made a little toss to the other side of the field because he gets more yards. He potentially picks up the first down. The same thing on the previous drive with McBride. You had DeAndre Hopkins with a ton of space in front of him. I know people hate the wide receiver screens or the catches at the line of scrimmage, but those are playmakers that you can trust with the ball in their hands, especially late. I mean, we see DeAndre Hopkins' stat line. He had over 80 yards receiving a big touchdown, right? Plays of 33 and 29 yards. They have four catches on the day. That's not enough, especially, yeah. you know, such a possession receiver. You know, you're, you're killing it on the ground. And, and then the third the, the third series was just was bad. Obviously, you've got the, uh, the, the blitz on second down, which just completely backs you up at third and 18. Yeah. Uh, and, and just pulverizes anything of, of making a play. It's even worse chance for you and more risky of a play if you go for uh, a first down in that situation. For a coach that got extended, it never feels like the Cardinals have a coaching advantage in their game. They may win games from a talent perspective. They may be able to beat like John Wolford or whomever the Rams started a couple weeks ago because they have better talent. They had a better ta- they had better talent that Sunday. But never do you feel like with Cliff Kingsbury, and I don't mean to pile on here, that you feel like you're going to out-schematic a team, that you're going to out-duel. Brandon Staley, by the way, is a terrible head coach. He's a terrible defensive coordinator. Joe Lombardi sucks as an offensive coordinator. They're awful. And you got exposed and undressed by them at home to the point where you are now unwatchable at home. That, that to me, is the biggest takeaway. I, I had people... In my mentions, and I love all Cardinal fans, but get out of here with, well, they played hard for three quarters. It just didn't work out. That's You can say that if you're a Texans fan. You can say that if you're a Browns fan waiting for Deshaun Watson. You can say that for all the, the, the Lions can say that, the Giants. This is year four with the same people involved, with the same people running the show. It should not be good enough on a team that's relatively average, average according to the record, that have lost two to three straight. To say, well, we we competed for three quarters. We just didn't win. I'm, that's not good enough. It should matter if you win or lose to the point where now you are what your record is. You're four and eight. We can't sugarcoat this. Uh, injuries, like Bo and I were talking last night. He called me on, on my drive home from the studio. The Chargers had just as many injuries as the Cardinals did to, I would argue, bigger keyer positions. No Joey Bosa. No Corey Lindsley. They're, they're all pro center. No Mike Williams, their best receiver. They, they had like a backup tight end in there. They're missing one of their top corners in J.C. Jackson. Didn't matter. They made the plays. They were better coached down the stretch. If that's not a glaring indictment of Cliff Kingsbury, Bo, I, I don't know what is to, to the point where that's where we have to start asking these questions like, how much longer are the Cardinals going to compete? I give them credit. They looked good yesterday. I thought they were going to run away with it. And then they let him back in. I thought Vance had a really bad second half. I know they only gave up the one touchdown, but to not adjust at all, death by a thousand cuts, have your corners come up and play a little bit of press man. They had a first down anytime they asked for it. I, I just, to me, it is 
it is getting to the point, as B says in the chat, one in 10 since November of last year at home. It's it's very moralizing. We want people to go to get the game and support the team that will never change. I, I, I will continue to do that. But you got to be better for your home crowd. You got to have a better product on the field. Yeah. Don't I, I, I see that there's a ton of different variables in there. Jordan P saying it literally missed a field goal. What was it? 49 yards for, for yeah. Prater there. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the refs, those two reversals, I I haven't seen that in a long, I, 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 you rarely see it and to see it twice where there was no like conclusive without a shadow of a doubt, video evidence. Both ruled in favor of the Cardinals, then reverse. That's usually yeah. what the league tends yes. not to do. Yes, exactly. Especially the one in the, in the first half. I mean, what the hell are we doing? Was that, that, that was when the Cardinals were up 10, nothing, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, they, they would have been cooking again and, and probably, I mean, the, the, the offense was rolling out of the gates and probably, you know, would have had solid starting position for them to say, and our guy Howard Balzer did some great work talking to Walt Anderson, the president of officiating, and really kind of pressed them as far as like, are you sure you saw that? Like, you saw that. That's what the video showed to you. Are we watching the same video? Do you have the, you know, a different angle than, than you know, we were shown in the stadium? Because there was nothing that that really said that you could say with conviction that 83 of the Chargers pulled that ball into his chest and then Trayvon Mullen just kind of put his arm on it. Uh, and then to have, you know, Zayvon Collins, I'm still looking for where the ball clearly touches the turf that he didn't have his hands underneath that football. Like you said, it was initially ruled in favor of the Arizona Cardinals. It's like there's two issues there. There's the missed field goal, the second missed field goal of the season by an Arizona Cardinals kicker outside of Matt Amendola, Prater's first miss. I mean, you do have to enter that into the equation, right? You have to enter into the equation, you know, but it's dealing, uh, Kyle, it's dealing with the adversity when it hits you, and the Cardinals for sure, do not do a good for sure. job dealing with it. And, and I'm and I'm getting to a, a bigger point here. But you know, as far as the three three and outs, like the the the, the nine plays for sixteen total yards, you know, the drop passes from Trey McBride, uh, yeah. Kyler maybe missing out on getting the ball in Hollywood's hands or DeAndre Hopkins' hands, like that's okay. Right. If if it if the stage wasn't that big, if it didn't cost you a game, and if it wasn't week twelve, mm-hmm. because at what point, you know, at some point you have to make the plays, execute them to win the game. And if you don't have somebody that's getting them in a position to do so, that's coaching. That fourth and one call. Let's talk about that for a second. That's, <laughs> right. that's what Kyler was alluding to when he when he made his comments in the post game, using an expletive yeah. in the presser. But you know, we had it. Um, we saw Ian Rappaport, rap sheet friend of the program on Pat McAfee today, kind of elaborated on that. But he basically said, like, Kyler was venting his frustration because the Chargers knew it was coming, mm-hmm. and it's just like I, my my play caller, my head coach, my offensive genius isn't creative enough to come up with something on fourth and one that the defense doesn't know is coming. I don't remember the Cardinals utilizing that formation all that often this year. Are you that? Are you able to be telegraphed that much or that predictable? And I just, I'm sorry, when you're when you're having success with Kyler under center in that game, and you've got third and one and fourth and one, you don't give James Conner the balls. B points out in the chat. Like that's right. in indefe- that's indefensible. That to me, as much as the the turnovers reversed and the missed field goal, that was one of the biggest plays of the game because it, it effectively resulted in seven points from the other team. Like that was yeah. so deflating because your your defense is in a very fragile mental state right now where they don't want I, I would be hard-pressed to find a lot of people who have confidence in Cliff Kingsbury as a play caller. So you have to put them in positions where we got to force Justin Herbert and company to go 80-plus yards and earn it because if we flip field position right now and they get the ball inside their own 50, inside their own 40, we're in trouble, guys. Yeah. And you've got Kyler having to – I don't care if it was um, – he misread it. He should never have been put in that position. That's what great coaches do. They don't put mm-hmm. Kyler Murray in a position where he's in shotgun on fourth and one after having to do QB keep the, the the first play and to not give it to James Conner, who, by the way, James Conner yesterday, best game of, as a Cardinal, as B points out in the chats, six, seven yards per carry. But the fact he got that extension last year was not because he's Derrick Henry going for 200 yards a game. It's because of his effectiveness in short yardage. He shored up the Cardinals' red zone issues. So you have him and you don't utilize him after you cut Eno Benjamin and you have no other options? That That, to me... That is almost a fireball offense from Cliff Kingsbury, the play caller. And it just left a knot in the rest of our stomachs watching that game. Like, how can we take you seriously? 
when, when you don't even effectively, and he does it later on and he converts it and then they score a touchdown on the next play. I don't yep. know that, that to me, even with all the other things going against them, that's, that set the tone for the rest of the game. Yeah. So yesterday, Kyler Murray breaks down the play a little bit, but pretty much gives credit to the Los Angeles Chargers as far as blowing it up. As you said, they took away as far as the defensive front, they basically took the Arizona Cardinals, that RPO that was called out yeah. of the run option. He wasn't going to yeah. hand it off to, to James Conner because what he saw from the defensive front from LA. And then they've got a quick little pass that's supposed to be set up for Trey McBride, which is immediately taken away. So it, you, you, before the ball is snapped, and this is even according to Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, they're Call in a scramble out. grill. Yeah, Call exactly. Out. Audible out of it. Call timeout. What what does Colt McCoy do in that situation? Does he Call look at that? Out. Does he get that defensive look exactly? And it's it's just uh, and that shows you the miscommunication between Kyler and Cliff, where they're just not on the same page. And, and at and that it's, time, it's broken. It's ten to seven. The momentum that you had at ten zero is already dwindling, and then you're just giving them even more momentum. By you know the pick becomes a twenty yard punt, but still it's a deflating play. It's it's a bad play by the offense. It was something that you could have easily converted, as as yep. B mentioned. Third and one, hand it off to Connor. Third, fourth and one, just hand it off to Connor. Just t- that defensive front. No matter if they were it set up to take away that run, they weren't run. slowing down James Connor. So run the boot play with Kyler under center, you fake it to James, and you have him do yeah. an end around to the corner right. like you did against the Saints. They haven't right. tried that play since then. Uh, the the fact that this team, I the shotgun is what it is. It's never going to be my favorite formation. This team in, in 2022 at four and seven, you need one yard. You're in the shotgun both plays. I can't help you. That just to me, and you don't run it either play. That tells me everything I need to know about your offensive philosophy. It's soft. It's gimmicky. It's broken. You could have, Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams out there, and something tells me that this team would still struggle to score points. And yeah. if people are pointing out in the chat, Sasquatch saying Trey McBride's a second-round pick. He is. He doesn't look like a, a good player right now. He doesn't look like a second-round pick. I put 100% ownership on Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime. You did not put this kid in a position to succeed. We watched him at training camp. He looked fantastic. Obviously, he was you know All-American at Colorado State. I, I don't see any creativity with Trey McBride. I don't see he was him mossing guys. Training. He was mossing guys in training camp. He was going up. He was winning physical one-on-one battles. He was that wide tight end that everybody wanted. You know, as far as his blocking ability and playmaking ability that we saw in full display in the Mountain West last year. And for whatever reason, when the light, the, the lights get a little bit brighter on game day, he's kind of he's he's shriveled up. Like two two chances to make plays, especially on, on the uh, the second drive of the three. At the end of the game for the offense, he could have made a big play and didn't. Man, are they missing Zach Hurts? Because I think, you know, Zach Hurts, say what you will about his inability to get yak. He just catches that, falls down. There's a first first down, and, and you're kind of you're cooking with grease as far as being able to run cl- clock for this this Cardinals offense and, and putting these charges away and, and really dwindling it and, and not giving Herbert a chance at the end of the game like they eventually did. Elon on five. I don't we're not on the the page of we think you know, he's a, he's a bust by any means. I, I just don't think he's being developed. We talked about it on the post game show yesterday, Bo. Not to pile on Cliff here, but name one <laughs> offensive homegrown player that he's drafted and developed and made into a plus player offensively. Outside of Kyler Murray, you can't. So I, I'm going to give Trey McBride the benefit of the doubt until potentially I see him in year two and with somebody else because I, I don't trust his development. I don't trust, as uh, Jose said in the chat, ability to make schematic adjustments is non-existent. <laughs> That is perfectly said. Don't do Trey McBust yet. We're um, not at he's that still, point yet. He's still Trey McBride or die for me. He's still yes. Trey McBride or die. I'm his, you I'm guys, his McBride or die. Brandon asking, do you guys ever see Bidwell? Only when he does press conferences. We're hoping to see him no, in he's, January. He's around the facility. I mean, I'll see him every once in a while. He's out there. He's in the cafeteria, and he's he's cruising around there. He was out on the practice field, I want to say, like a month ago. So uh, I'm sure he's making appearances to show up on old – Hard knocks, right? But no, I mean, as far as is he going to put himself uh, to where he's answering questions about it, this team that has horribly underachieved? No, he hasn't put himself uh, in in that position. And I don't think I've heard him on the flagship this season either. He hasn't been on Arizona sports. But uh, yeah, McBride, Cliff talked about him today. He was asked, you know, as far as you know, what his feeling, what, what was it, you know, this kid that they had high hopes for, uh, best tight end in the country. Cliff basically said he's, he's 
trying to figure it out. You know, he's still trying to figure it out. And it seems to be that's been consistently been told to us since training camp. Like there, there hasn't been much development there. And that's really unfortunate. I'm going to go with the player with the, with the organization that cannot develop rookies in their first year. Uh, I'm going to go with the player, give the player the benefit of the doubt. Ask Hassan Reddick how that turned out. All these players that are, are blossoming now for the Cardinals. Why does it take three or four years? It shouldn't take that long. I'm sorry. Zach Allen's best season his breakout season should not come in a contract year. I, I I just, after basically his first two years, he was non-existent. Byron Murphy, same build. Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins. Like, your, your rookies are allowed to succeed too, guys. You can you can yeah. have them perform for you, help the team. Yeah. Let's talk about something good. Let's talk about our friends over at OG's Killing the Cannabis Game, Arizona's Cannabis Kitchen. They've got all the gummies that you're going to want. Great stocking stuffers. Yeah, it's time to start scratching off, checking off the list for your family and friends for the holidays. And OGs is the perfect gift for anybody because they're flavoring life. They're flavoring dreams. They're doing everything you want. They've got the Sedivas. They've got the Ratio Edition. Mm -hmm. They've got the Full Spectrum. They got the Microdose Addiction uh, Edition. And they also have the Sleep Time Gummy. Any of these flavors, you know, tickle your fancy orange creamsicle, aquaberry, blackberries and cream, tropical watermelon, something for everyone from OG's brands. We just partnered back up them for the foreseeable future. We're glad and just excited that we're locked in uh, with OG's. You got to check out all their incredible products, ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com. Check them out on Instagram at OG's brands as well. As always, you can find them in your local dispensary. Got to be 21 or older to enjoy. And we're less than 24 hours from the electric factory opening back up over at Four Peaks. Actually, their doors are open right now. But for another Team USA watch party, the U.S. men's national soccer team is taking the pitch tomorrow in a huge showdown with Iran for a, with you know huge implications as far as who's going to advance to the knockout round and be big for us. And you can watch it with us for peaks, PHNX sports, enjoy beer specials, giveaways, guest appearances, and more $3 kit lifters, $3. Wow. Wheat pints hosting every U S and Mexico world cup match, including tomorrow, 22 foot screen, hanging out with our guys from the PHNX rising show. They rooted up there. Max Ramon having a blast talking soccer football, whatever you want to call it with everybody out there, U.S. and Mexico must win matches in order to advance. Get your party action for free. Right now, just register in the show notes. U.S. around tomorrow, noon kickoff, 11 a.m. watch party. Mexico, Saudi Arabia, the next day, Wednesday, November 30th at noon. Watch party begins at 11. Register link in the description. You're going to want to get your seat because they're filling up. Sean, I appreciate you, my guy. I've got thick, illustrious hair because I'm 5'6", and that's what the good Lord gave me. We all <laughs> got to do and work with what we got, right? I, I think I would trade uh, no head of hair to be six foot. I think I would be I would yeah. be one of the people rocking the bald look if I could be six foot. But it's probably, nah. you know. Now, nah, I think so. I think so. No. Um, hey. It's, the you know, it's either or. If you're bald, you probably want hair. I'd, give, a, I'd give up a few inches to just kind of keep my hair. Mm, a little bit. It's great, it's great <laughs> to be able to ride a roller coaster, seeing a crowd, seeing a concert crowd. Yeah. All right, my friends. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury was uh, not ducking the media. Showed up today for his weekly Monday press conference with Bo Brock and company. Bo, some major takeaways. None of them good. Uh, reports, <laughs> reports coming out. A couple Cardinals are going to be out for a little bit. DJ Humphreys in particular is stated mm-hmm. to potentially miss the rest of the season. With that back injury, he's on IR. Um, they they left yesterday's game relatively healthy. They expect Will Hernandez and Rodney Hudson maybe to return after mm-hmm. the bye. What more can you tell us from Cliff and company today? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Cliff really was hopeful that he could get one or both of his key offensive linemen back in Rodney Hudson. But, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it with Rodney. He's had that knee injury since they were able to coax him out of retirement Back in July, he hasn't been healthy the entire time. He's played a handful of games for this Cardinals team. Uh, as far as Will Hernandez, I, I would be—I uh, would bet that he could come back. I've seen him working out on the, the side field while the team practices. He was dealing with a pec injury. 
avoided uh, any type of surgery there. So Will Hernandez could return potentially to his uh, his usual right guard spot that, you know, he's he's played the best football of his career so far after being drafted in the second round out of UTEP uh, by the Giants and then potentially becoming a, or did become a bust kind of for the G-men and has resurrected yeah. his career for the Cardinals. Rondell Moore, I think that's something also you hope that he can get healthier over the next uh you know, this week. And then obviously they've got the extra day with the Monday night football being their next game against the uh, New England Patriots that that groin heals up. And then Greg Dorch's thumb can heal up. Uh, Both those guys were able to avoid surgery. Both those guys were able to avoid the IR. But I think Cliff pretty much ended DJ Humphrey's season today. He, He said, you know, he's they're hoping to avoid surgery uh, wouldn't allude to it being a disc issue or anything like that, but it just doesn't sound like Humphreys is, is in a position to come back. So, you know, you could get more weapons on the outside for, for Kyler Murray, but uh, it, it may be some more protection as far as the interior of the offensive line. But, uh, you know, it's it, a lot of these guys are, are IR'd and, you know, a bye week isn't just going to be the, the magic number of days to get them back in time for the next game. Andre Bocelli, who had a catch yesterday, was released. That's nice. Um, unfortunately for him, uh, get, you catch a ball and, and have a conversion of a first down, then you get released the next day. Uh, which probably <laughs> bodes well for Greg Dorch, who uh, didn't didn't see the field yesterday. And then, as you mentioned, Rondell Moore. We'll see. Rondell, I mean, what, what can you say about Rondell? I'm at the point where I'm ready to see other people for the rest <laughs> of this year, and I'll see you in the spring, Rondell Moore. Um, all right, I'm not. So I want to see him out there with with Hollywood and DeAndre. No, no. It's because no. Here's what. Here's why I, I want to see that because okay. you don't have to. You don't won't have to have Trey McBride be your third option. It was great. Hey, how about Robbie Anderson making a play for the first time? Oh yeah. Yards I was like, who's eighty one? Is that Stephen Anderson? <laughs> get a new number? Nope. Way too skinny for that. Yeah, Robbie looking looking strong yesterday. Uh, yeah. Listen, this receiving core is better than on paper. 75% of the league doesn't matter. Like I'm at that point. Like I I'm excited about these guys. Listen, they're all under contract next year. So think of that what you will, but you're not getting the production you need. You're not scheming them open. They have to win one-on-one. It just, everything looks hard, you know? And when they need yardage, yeah. they, they can't pick it up. That that's, I'm at that point. I, I thought before even Hopkins got suspended, like I thought by hook or by crook, despite Cliff Kingsbury's shortcomings, they were going to be too talented for, for them not to score a bunch of points. I thought they were going to average 28 to 32 points per game. I thought they were going to be in a bunch of shootouts, a bunch of fun offenses this year, health permitting. Then Hopkins gets suspended. They don't look good. He comes back. He can't save the day alone. We saw it yesterday. Like, no one really complimented him. I know Hollywood got into the mix a little bit. Didn't have enough, you know, targets in the second half. Want to get to this $1.99 super set. Thank you, Jason. Did we fire these two clowns yet? I just came in. Well, unfortunately, Jason, for you and everybody else in the chat, Cliff Kingsbury, Steve Kime, still employed. We've reached the bye week, and that we can check off one big, you know, journey point of the season for us that we thought if Cliff Kingsbury were to get fired, it would be during the bye week. But then Sean Kugler um, was inappropriate in Mexico and was let go. So they they only have so many offensive coaches left. And I talked a little bit about this ball on the post game show yesterday. It's like they're not going to have any coaches to coach the offense for the rest of the year. If you, if you fire Cliff Kingsbury and, and right now, like a month ago, I was ready to give Vance Joseph, like the interim. I don't want to see Vance Joseph coach this team right now. Cause his defense isn't playing well enough. Like I, I that to me is just kind of, that's a vanilla solution. Now, if you get down to the last couple games and the team actually quits and you want to give Vance a couple goals at it. Yeah, that's fine. And, and give him an interview at the end of the year and see how that goes. But I am not banging the drum for Vance Joseph, <clears throat> excuse me, to, to take over this team right now. No, it's just you're spread too thin as far as the coaching staff. Yeah, you can't, you've you handcuffed yourself and not making a change. You know, it was interesting to hear Ian Rappaport's comments on Pat McAfee's show today saying that, you know, usually when you sign an extension, you don't get fired the following after the following season, but this the season is not nothing in that it's not out of the realm of possibility paraphrasing for rap sheet but i mean they've, they've really put themselves in a tough position here uh to to struggle as i tapped one of my kids toys here and it's making noise 
Um, yeah, I, I think that he, Cliff is here for the remainder of the season. He, and he, he was asked point blank in the postgame press conference if he's worried about his job. And he said, quote, I'm not. And, you know, we talked to Hard Knocks directors and stuff. And, you know, you can have your thoughts about them. But they said that as far as Kime and, and Cliff, how they're operating, they're not operating like guys who are scared that their job is going to be taken away at any time, anytime soon. And this has been this is not new. Like th- this loss was a new way to lose for the Cardinals yesterday. But losing has not been new. They've they've won four times in twelve chances. Uh, they've lost a lot this season, and those guys still feel pretty comfy in their spots. Let's get let's do some numbers real quick here. Some not so nice numbers. Uh, so the Cardinals are terrible at State Farm Stadium. Uh, their only saving grace is they they played well on the road dating back to last year. But this year, I mean, they're 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 what three and three on the road, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So why are the Cardinals so miserable at home? Well, since the start of the twenty eighteen season. That was the Wilkes season. He won one home game. It was against Kyle Shanahan and the Niners. They are 11-27-1 and one at State Farm Stadium. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury at State Farm Stadium is 10-19-1. And, and over their last 12 home games at State Farm Stadium, Kingsbury and the Cardinals are 2-10. and 10. Uh, I think if Michael Bidwell makes a change, it would be because of that. Like, not all 5-12 and 12 seasons are the same. Not all seven and 10 seasons are the same, right? Although I do think Cliff keeps his job if he somehow wins three more games. But you look at the fact that you can't put on a quality product for your home crowd. How do you go in the off season with, and Bo and I talked about this off air today, with Kime and Cliff spearheading whatever this is this off season? It'd be a very tough sell for your fan base. Now, if you can put forth some momentum in the last five games, come out guns a-blazing, look like a completely different team, then, you, then I think you'll turn a lot of people, not everybody, but some. But if you come out and you go one and four down the stretch and you finish five and 12, everybody is fairly healthy and you can't win at home. I mean, their, their home games now aren't, aren't easy. You got to beat Bill Belichick on the national stage, right? Something that this team, uh, Cliff Kingsbury's all one against Belichick dating back to 2020. You got to beat Tom Brady on Christmas Day, Todd Bowles, your ex-defensive coordinator. Those, those are not easy wins. Now, you could go to Denver and win. You could go to Atlanta and win. You know, we'll see what the Niners have to play for in week 18. But it's it is it's going to be difficult for them. And, and we transitioned from that into this. Before the show today, I was sent a clip of potential head coaching candidate Sean Payton on the Colin Cowherd show, The Herd on Fox Sports, talking about, you guessed it, the Arizona Cardinals. Is it solvable? Yeah, it's a good question. It's certainly more of a Rubik's cube than it a simple X and an O thing. I mean, this, this is, it's pretty complex. It began to become complex when word got out about the contract, Ugh. you know, the, the additional, I was a ball boy for this team back in, I'm going to date myself, but when the St. Louis Cardinals, before they were the Arizona Cardinals, their training camp was held at Eastern Illinois where I went to school. And so the early years there in the, 83, 84, 85, it was Hannafin and then became Gene Stallings. Yeah. You know, we'd, we'd clean the rooms, bring towels to the rooms. We'd have a summer well, job. Was Neil Lomax team? Neil Lomax had just taken over for Jim Hart. Um, Mr. Bidwell Sr. was the owner at that time, and, and I, I think I know that family well enough. And, um, shoot, Joe Buck was – I was 18 or 19, and he was 16. He was there. And then finally – my junior, senior year, I handed out rosters and, yeah. and got to eat with the team, work for the team. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'd i like to say this is something that's a one-off, or, but this repeats itself every year. I mean, it's and it's the teams that aren't having the success they expected. Now, the important point he makes at the end, this is not something that happens every year with the Cardinals. He just means with every team that is underperforming, this is not mm-hmm. new for the NFL. Like a team has expectations, then they don't fall through, and there's turmoil. So I don't think he's coming off saying the Cardinals are dysfunctional now. You may believe that, and you're entitled to your opinion, <laughs> absolutely. But I think you listen to Sean Payton, and I grew up in Illinois. I went to Illinois State. They're in the same conference as Eastern Illinois. I remember the Cardinals used to play their training camp in the 70s with my dad growing up uh, at Illinois State's field with the Redbirds like that. They are ingratiated in the Midwestern culture. And I think that helps Michael Bidwell and company with their recruitment pitch that he's got a lot of familiarity with this organization. 
you see that, Bull Brock. How can you not be excited to begin connecting the dots that he's he's a history of savant of the game. He knows uh-huh. your organization. He likes your quarterback. Michael Bidwell, it is served up, my friend, on a silver platter for you. This bye week needs to be, let's start the negotiations. Let's start the recruitment pitch because I he seems genuinely interested in the team. Let's take a look at that super chat real quick because it's kind of in line with what you're saying. From Jason Krell, sign this brother now. We need him. Kime sucks. Uh, can I play devil's advocate a little bit? No, no. Cannot, <laughs> cannot come on this show after seeing that clip and rain on the parade. Fine. I mean, anyway. think, think about the, the organization back in those days. Think about, you know, let's call Bill Bidwell a polari- polarizing figure as far as an owner. Were those were those happy days? I mean, he took over back- the Yanks with bags over their heads in the Superdome, and that made that franchise relevant. Maybe he takes pride in taking over dumpster fire organizations, dumpster fire situations. Some people like to rebuild. Some people do not want to be born on third base like the coach from Ohio State, as Jim Harbaugh <laughs> put it, Ryan Day. Some people want to say, because I think winning a Super Bowl with the Cardinals means more than winning the Super Bowl with the yeah. Rams or the Cowboys. I, yeah. I, I just don't think this is as much of a slam dunk as Kenny Dillingham was going to ASU. This isn't well, no. like a homecoming. But look, this is this has this gives you access, right? Does Michael Bidwell feel the same way about Sean Payton? Do you, do you have any concern that uh, Sean Payton was the head coach of the Bounty Gate Saints and that they no. grow up? And, I'm sorry, that, that was they, that was ten. You retired Kurt Warner. They retired his ass. He did that. It they wasn't had, personal. I would just say it's not personal. We did that to everybody. We paid everybody under the table. I'm sorry. That put the Cardinals in a world of hurt. They had they, no, no, no. Not having an incumbent after, plan for a next quarterback. Put the, they knew Kurt was going to retire. They should have drafted a quarterback. That's like saying Carson Palmer getting hurt. You know, put them in a world of hurt. They should have drafted Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. <laughs> they screwed themselves. They never had. They never planned for anything. I can't. I'm right. not if if there are people that come out mouthpieces for the organization saying you can't hire Sean Payton because of Bounty Gate, I'm literally going to punch a wall. I'm going to be so sick to my stomach. Do you care about winning? Kurt was not borderline a walking corpse. He, he didn't he just like set the like didn't he go for like 24 for 26? Sean the paid his game? dues. Are you going to hold like he he was held accountable? He got suspended for a year. He went and made that Netflix movie. Go watch that Kevin James Netflix. Oh yeah, it takes a hilarious take on Bounty Gate. It's something. (laughs) Oh my God, Bo, you're going Bounty Gate on me, trying to rain on my parade. I love this comment from. It was Kurt Warner and Brett Favre that were just absolutely pulverized in that playoff. I'm sorry. Win games, win championships. Mike Maris, he totally deflected talking down on the Cardinals and instead reflects on his relationship with the team and how he grew up with them. He knows what he's doing. Of course. He oh, it's if all he, if, just sunshine and butterflies. Care, if he didn't care about <laughs> what Michael Bidwell thought, he would have gone in on him. He's gone in on other teams. Uh, he he was very complimentary. Um, not today, let's, but in, in the, let's, in the past. let's think about what it's going to take to get Sean Payton real quick. Bounty okay? gate. I can't believe you. Got to take into all consideration, all, all right, the all right, variables, all right. my friend. What's your question? All right. Question? You got to fire Cliff, right? You got to fire him. And you probably okay. have to fire right. Steve Kime. Goodbye. You and I, we're doing that in an instant. I'm saying goodbye. Give me the phone numbers of both those guys. I'll call them right now. I'll say, hey, step into my office. You're fucking fired. And then you have <laughs> you have to figure out because they're signed through 2027. You have to figure out the dollar amount that's going to take. Oh, the let me amount. just take my fat check from hosting the Super Bowl <laughs> and pay everybody out about six times over because I'm printing money okay. as of January. All right, and then we get ourselves. Uh, okay, so now you have no GM, no head coach. Now you go out and you talk, you start negotiations with Sean Payton. What's going to take to get him in the door? That's going to cost Whatever. you a whole ton of money. Whatever. An organization that, you know, it's paid its players, but hasn't gone out there and paid for for coaches before. You know, I think, I think Michael has seen the value of paying for a big-time coach. And then you've got to figure out, you know, the compensation for that the Saints are going to want. I mean, it, it's gotten a little bit easier in the last couple of years. You know, it was uh, somebody came out of it. Didn't the Cardinals get a six round pick for BA? Yeah, he was retired, though. They had no leverage. They already had a coach. They yeah, had no leverage, I mean, and they wanted BA to. Well, so are the Saints. The Saints would probably take him back, though. Yeah, but he doesn't want to. They, they know that they broke up. Same same thing with the, the Cardinals knew about BA. 
All right, I'm going to give you my answer here in a second, but I want to tell everybody right now, if you thought Cardinal tickets were cheap now, wait till you see what they are on Monday Night Football. If you want to take your family pre-Christmas gift to Monday Night Football, check out the Game Time app. It is the best place to buy tickets on the cheap. Save up to 60% on tickets when you buy last minute. And listen, it's not just the Cardinal game. Concerts, venues, anything you want, Game Time has it all. I literally looked up tickets yesterday, Bo, right before kickoff, and you could get them, I think, as little as $12. Uh, 50 yard line for the Cardinals charger game, charger sideline, 100, 105 bucks, like 10 rows up on game time. It's fantastic. Again, the best way to support us is by clicking on the link through the show notes. Like my wife wants to go to Lizzo in May. I think Lizzo's coming to, to Arizona, which is fine. But I said, we're going to wait. I'm going to do it on game time. And she said, don't, don't do this. I said, no, I trust my friends. You're going to go to Lizzo. Listen, you do what you have to do. What does she play? She plays like jazz clarinet, right? Like like Ron Burgundy? Are you going to go see her just right. rock out of it? <laughs> All right. Jazz she, flute? She, she get, get after it, man. She's got some heaters. She's got some jams. Uh, I want to remind everybody, too, about our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Listen, Bo and I may or may not be in last place in our fantasy football league through PHNX. And so we're all over the year-long fantasy, and we just dabble exclusively now with daily fantasy and Underdog Fantasy just hits different. Not only can you dabble on the NFL, you can draft NBA players up to six per day. No positional limit. You can draft all the shooting guards you want. Battle your friends. High scoring squad wins. Cold hard cash. It just makes things that much better. Betting on daily fantasy. Betting on underdog fantasy. Hires and lowers. Like, will Devin Booker hit his higher? Of course he will. It's been fantastic. Our Thanksgiving promotion, which I'm told is still going on, is fantastic. All users, new and current, can take advantage of a one-time offer and up to $100 boost. Uh, make a pick five entry, include a higher or lower. Enter a $1 max on your pick them entry. If all five of your picks hit, you win 100 bucks. It's super easy to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app, sign up, sign up with the promo code PHNX. Underdog Fantasy is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Love you, Underdog Fantasy. Love you, Sean Payton. We're talking Sean Payton packages right now. What we'd be willing to give up for the Saints Hall of Fame head coach. Real quick, Jason, in the chat, $1.99 Super Chat. Appreciate you, my man. Tickets are given away to see this dumpster fight. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> will we get to single digits on game time? Talk about Lizzo like that? Oh, I, I think he's talking about <laughs> franchise. Uh, Lizzo, no, Lizzo. not the Cardinals. I like this comment here. B saying Lizzo greater than Cliff. Of course, of course. She oh, is. Uh, she's she is Lizzo. on the A list. She is the Sean Payton right now of uh, of the music entertainment. Speaking of Sean Payton, let's talk about the package we would be willing to give up. I'm going to give Bo the floor because I know okay. Bo and I disagree on this, and I'm going to argue with him. But Bo, give me your package <laughs> today uh, after what we just saw yesterday and the team at four and four and eight. Tell me what you'd be willing to give up for Sean. You're putting me on the spot here. We didn't discuss that we were going to put together packages. You you're said, talking tell about me what your package was. I did. Yes, the end of that like segment. You said, "What would you be willing um, to give up for Sean Payton?" Well, yeah, I mean, pretty much the going rate. It, it, you just you just let Bruce Arians go to Tampa and coach Tom Brady, or vice versa, for a Super Bowl for a measly six round pick. So we know that Payton doesn't want to go back and coach in the Big Easy without Drew Brees or without you know, a, a lineup that's a roster that's going to compete. So let's just keep it at a six round pick. You know, if they want to, if they want to get, you know, greedy, maybe a fifth round pick, it, it shouldn't take much to to just get that done. And then you have to really figure out how much he, you have to pay him. And I mean, we don't know most coaches salaries, but you have to be competitive and I'm sure it's going to be anywhere from like 12 and a half to 15 million, but how much power are you giving this guy? You give him a full it. run of the roster. Yeah. You want him to make every single decision. Get a, you don't, get you don't want GM, get a GM in there that he likes that they can, you know, have back and forth. I don't think Sean wants like full control. I, I've never heard Sean saying or anybody I know in the know saying that Sean wants to be the GM and the head. I don't think he wants that responsibility. I, I mean, think most most of these guys love all the power. Like, they, well, look at Kyle Shanahan for instance. Kyle Shanahan in the trajectory of that organization for San Francisco is above John Lynch in the sense that he he if he wanted John Lynch out, John Lynch will get fired. But John Lynch picks the players. Yes! No. Bro, what? Sean, John Lynch makes John Lynch is beloved. He's well, beloved. he is now, but that's the dynamic I think you need to look because they hired they hired uh, Kyle Shanahan before John Lynch. Then they hired John Lynch, became their GM. The Cardinals need to do the same thing. 
Sean Payton chooses his own GM, have the same setup. See, Jalen just said it in the chat. You, you let Sean pick his GM, somebody he wants to work with. Sean does not want to. You're, you're just give, you're giving Sean Payton the keys to the franchise. Is that right? That's I'm all you sorry. Want? The franchise that's burning to the ground right now. I'm going <laughs> to say go to Home Depot and rebuild it, please. Do it for me. Um, I, I think we're making a mistake here. Everyone's making a mistake if you if you phrase it like the BA situation. Bruce Arians' specialty situation, he was retired. He wanted to come out of retirement. Sean, it's it's known he's going to come back into coaching. I think the Cardinals have less leverage in this situation, and I think it would be a fatal error by Michael Bidwell to go into negotiations with the Saints thinking that you're going to get the same kind of deal that you gave up for Bruce Arians. I, if I'm the Saints, I'm saying it's it's your fault. You took a six for a Hall of Fame Super Bowl. The Cardinals had a coaching vacancy at that point, didn't they? Probably. Yeah, they fired. They were one and done with Wilkes. Why wouldn't they say, wait a second? I don't know. Why do they do anything they do? But, no, I, but I I think it's a mistake to say, um, well, we gave up. A, we only got a six back. And the Saints like, that's your fucking problem. We want a higher pick. No. I am not. I just, I, I've seen like like Herm Edwards got like a fourth way back in the day. Like there's there's no precedent. You know, it, it was one. It's one thing if it was John Gruden where he was the the head coach of of the Raiders and and he was under contract and he was coaching at the time and continuing to coach and they they just wanted to to trade for the coach and it cost what a pair of first or was something absurd. It, it's not even it's not even the arena. I mean, you wouldn't it's, give it's up. Not, you wouldn't give up the second for him. I don't think you have to. Like, you really you shouldn't have. Would you give up a second if that's what it took? Yes, you would. You would. Uh, I don't what? want to. That's stupid. Oh, I'm sorry. This, this, ros- this roster is, look, but it's not, you got to keep in consideration. You're, you're probably not going to have time making them. Took undrafted free agents from New Orleans. They got stripped of draft picks and they were elite. He found late round picks. He's an elite coach. He takes B players, makes them A's. D players, makes them B's. I, I I can't get on board with people who said that that's too rich, too rich. It is. It is rich. It's very rich. You know, it's rich. Michael Bidwell is rich and I want to win. <laughs> and so spend big money with picks and, and uh, money and get uh, get Sean Payton to be your coach. All right. That's good. You're, stuff. You're I got more against yourself. You're just like, ah, oh, we're different. Like that, that your whole like. Remember when you got on the soapbox last week and wanted to talk about me or you hypothetical yeah, for, for okay. you? You got in the soapbox and you sh- Cardinals fans should want better things for themselves. And you're yeah. sitting here and, and you're willing to give up a second round pick where it Isn't shouldn't be nearly as ex- that, that much. Well, I'm just saying, I think it's a mistake for Bidwell to go into negotiations and think he's not going to have to give up something of value. Isn't it funny though? This show three weeks ago or whatever it was early November, we had our first show. We talked about Sean Payton and everybody in the woodwork and the media People came out and said they'll never get Sean Payton. And now we sit here at the end of November. It's been a mere three and a half weeks. People are starting to come around slowly. Remember, it was this podcast first that floated the idea of Hollywood Brown to the Arizona Cardinals back in February. What happened? They traded for him. I'm just saying there were a lot of people on their high horse, speaking of high horses, that said the Cardinals, that they would never do that kind of move. Now you've got Sean Payton basically campaigning out there like, shit, I used to I used to be their ball boy. Yeah, he's getting all nostalgic. He knows what he's doing. He's so he's too smart to not know what he's doing right there. And it We used to go up, out into the field and lay down with our back on the grass and look up at the stars. Up perfectly. <laughs> it lines up perfectly for Michael Bidwell. The Cowboys are not going to have a vacancy. Mike, and Mike Michael McCarthy's Bidwell Michael. would tell each other camp stars, camp stories that around the fire. I don't like that voice. <laughs> the, char- the Chargers are going to win games. They're going to get to the playoffs. Boosie to roast chat. marshmallows together. Stop. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> Boosie says, any chance they fire Cliff but not Kime? There's always a chance. Do you do you know any GM that's gotten to hire four coaches, Bo? Howie, didn't Howie Roseman? But he won a Super Bowl. So they fired Andy Reid, right? Mm-hmm. He gets Doug Peterson. No, so that's just that's three. Chip Kelly, right? you got Chip Kelly. Oh, Chip Kelly was mixed in there. So yeah, four. And then Doug Peterson, and now. But you're right. There is a there's a Lombardi Trophy in there mixed in there. So that gives you and a little. With Andy Reid, they they went to the, a- the NFC title game like five. Well, years you know, Steve Kimes got one playoff win in ten years. Is that good? <laughs> that ain't a Lombardi uh, trophy. That's for damn sure. The only way I'm keeping Kime is if Sean Payton says I want to work with Steve Kime. Right. Uh, who, who believes that that? Is or right? I need some. I need somebody in the personnel department 
to, but I, I, I would hope he looks at Steve Kimes' resume and if, if Bibble goes, hey, Sean, I really love to, you and Steve to work in concert. He's like, no, no, I would not like to do that. I would like to bring in Jeff Ireland from who I've worked with in the Saints or somebody that I've worked with in my past that I trust that has a track record of, of drafting players, seeking out players and developing players that make impacts on Sundays. Well, what do you say to the people, Bo, that that talk about this team and they and they go, well, it's talented, but they're not winning because of Cliff. But isn't that a feather in Steve Kimes' cap to say, look at all the talent, or is it fool's gold? Because I think it's a roster that's too top heavy. Um, no, I, I, Steve Kimes' role plays plays on Sundays for this team way more often than you'd like. It's taking you too, right? It, right. It I mean, talented, but you lose all these games. Yeah, I, th- I think that as far as the brain trust, the trio, uh, they've really kind of put this team in a position to where the, the margin for error is virtually non-existent. Like they have to have a stack deck, right? They have to be at full strength and the game has to go 100% in their way. And, and they any have sign to out-athlete adver- people. Right. It, any sign of adversity, you know, this team seems to kind of cower from it. But if it's, if it's, if it's you get a delta perfect tan, the flop is perfect, and then people play right in, bet right at you. And then you're able to win the handout right. I mean, that's just how this team wins, to use a poker analogy. It's just, yeah, it's, the, I mean, you think Steve Kime doesn't make an impact. His eighth overall pick was the reason that they weren't able to pull that one out against the Chargers yesterday. The touchdown scored by Eckler was unfortunately on Isaiah Simmons. And then the two-point conversion that put the nail in the coffin was on Isaiah Simmons. Perfect segue. We got PFF grades. We got Isaiah Simmons. Sorry, ass PFF grade. PFF <laughs> Monday. Notable PFF grades. Pro football focus from week 12 versus the LA Chargers. A lot of good. Uh, a lot of not so good. We talked about Trey McBride. Oof. 34.2. Uh, was an excellent run blocker, but I think the issue was uh, the drop passes. Uh, brought down that receiving grade in route to that grade. Isaiah Simmons, 50s across the board in route to 53.5 grade. Uh, I mean, I'm not putting Isaiah Simmons in the slot. I guess they felt like they needed to do it out of necessity, but maybe who knows, Bo, you could put a corner there instead. But how about the offensive line? Played pretty well, one sack allowed, highlighted by Josh Jones, 77.4. He is a bright spot in this heaping garbage shit of a season. Uh, The Cardinals have, (laughs) uh, I think, a franchise caliber left or right tackle. And then, you know, the usual suspects, D-Hop, Stud, J.J. Watts, Stud, Buda Baker, Stud. Nice rebound game for Kyler and Hollywood Brown. Zayvon Collins, you know, his run grade wasn't great, but then I saw some clips floating around Twitter where he was stuffing the run, Austin Eckler. I mean, he's he's had a nice second year. And then Marcus Golden somehow was their highest-rated player, and I didn't see him do one positive thing yesterday. So who knows about that one? What are your thoughts on these? Yeah, I, I, I don't know how Marcus Golden, the junkyard dog, got an 85.6. That his extension, this training camp for one and a half sacks, it's just not enough. I know he does more, but you need more production from that. I mean, the edge position outside of the two third rounders is who play sparingly is it's just hasn't been there. Um, yeah. Buda Baker continues to play solid still when, you know, he still limping around as far as that ankle goes. But uh, yeah, I, I thought Zayvon Collins played a solid game, and he, and he nearly had you know the game-changing pick that that could have sealed the deal. That's overturned by replay in New York. Um, you know, PFF. It, it it is a test that the grades do show that this team played well yesterday and then just fumbled the bag at the end. They did. Yeah, the reason I mean, we didn't show the PFF grades from Mexico City because it was like looking at it was blinding. Yeah. It was like bleaching the like eyes. Just, Johnny's test scores. Hey, hey, like Marcus Golden must have pulled a Ferris Bueller when he changed his attendance record. EFF's uh, database there. Somebody in the chat saying Golden had seven pressures. That's why. When, okay. when, when did those occur? I didn't see those. I must have missed those watching every snap of the game. I mean, Justin Herbert was completing under four yards per pass. I mean, he, he was, was throwing. There. He had like 10 seconds to throw. Mm. He was just he was just kind of jumping, dropping back and, and throwing the football. It, he was getting it was I agree. Like, I, I wish there was some more exotic looks. But I mean, he he was just the, the game plan was, especially in the second half, drop back, get rid of the football. You know, three, three, 
three five step drops. They had easy completions whenever they wanted it. I mean, it was, they did for it was sure. Demoralizing. And, and the Isaiah Simmons, you know, he played so much slot yesterday. I, I there was so many plays where I'm like, oh my god, he's he's against Keenan Allen. This is not going to turn out well. They didn't yeah. look that way. Maybe didn't have I've, time to get there. Vance Joseph, I can't. I can't. Defend. I mean, it was it's it's because Byron Murphy's not healthy. You you saw a couple get a guys practice, getting, get a practice squad guy who knows. Saw Hamilton Hamilton went to the locker room at one point with an injury, came back. It's just they were the secondary is depleted again uh, and, and banged up. Can't Jalen um, Thompson play the slot? That's why you extended him. I haven't seen Jalen Thompson in like four weeks. But you got to put the eighth overall pick linebacker who struggles in coverage against. We saw that. We saw that already this year. It's bad. Bad Vance. God, Vance, I want to come on the show and gave up 17 points through, you know, in 58 minutes. Don't do that. Stop. (laughs) Don't do that. 17 points to Justin Herbert. Gave up 58 minutes. This, this, this. Given a short field. And what the hell was that? Where was the flag on the hold on the return? The refs had a horrible, had probably, if they had PFF Don't, grades for refs like Cliff Trying to defend himself to Michael Bidwell during their film session today. I'm just saying, like, the, the ref, as far the Chargers got a few yesterday. Yeah, I, I hope you guys got a few on DraftKings, not betting on the Arizona Cardinals over Thanksgiving break, because... Listen, they've been, it's like it's Thanksgiving, but they're giving out presents like it's Christmas with all their uh, parlay boosts. Uh, I boosted a couple odds tonight in favor of my guy, Kenny Pickett, and his baby hands against the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> you, sh- you should, too. Uh, DraftKings is the official sports betting partner of PHNX. All you got to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code PHNX. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game. You get $150 in free bets if they do. Not the spread. You just got to pick the money line right. And uh, and you win big at DraftKings, $150 free bets. How about that? Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, promo code PHNX, minimum age and eligibility restriction supply. See Sean's for details. Kyler Murray was our DraftKings player of the game yesterday, by the way, with his three total touchdowns. I got some heat for not giving it to James Conner. James was fine. He fumbled and he didn't get in the end zone. He was he was fine. If, if I'm giving key- it to James Conner, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm just not. I'm not into that. The big sack on the final, not the final offensive uh, possession, because the final offensive possession was at the end of the game, but the the third of three three and outs before uh, Justin Herbert and his Chargers took the lead. He had a, I don't know what he was doing on that blitz, but he just kind of looked back at Kyler Murray like, "Good luck, buddy." Um, that was that was a bad look for James Conner, but 120 yards, solid performance. But yeah, the the, the fumble and I'll let Sean Payton know. decide. To keep James on, you know, I, I see, I see close to 170 people here in in this watching the show live, and we appreciate every single person that watches PHNX Cardinals. But I will say this: to kind of speak this Sean Payton thing into existence, you got to smash that like button if you want Sean Payton as the next Arizona Cardinals head coach. If you don't, you hate this franchise and you don't want us to have nice things. That's just that's all I'm putting it out there. John Payton watch me because I'm not supposed to click buttons, but I'm clicking (laughs) this one. We've arrived. We're here. Sean Payton watch. Support this show. Kyler Murray even said that the defense shouldn't have been put in that situation. Defense played great. Kyler Murray hates clipping. They they had their worst. They had their worst possession. They are not uh, friends. The final like each other. They, would you say they have a good relationship right now? Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury? Yes. I think it's fine. I don't I don't think it's it's changed. I really don't. You've changed. Plan <laughs> with Sean Payton, giving up whatever it costs. Now you're nickel and diamond me? He doesn't, uh, hate, he doesn't hate Cliff. Cliff lets Kyler do, be Kyler. It, and you got to think about that in your in your own life, in your own position. Think of a boss that kind of Let's you do whatever you want. Sure, it's it's probably not the best for you in the long run. It probably enables you to develop some bad habits. But at the end of the day, you know, you get to pick your own hours. You get to kind of run the offense how you want to run it. I, I think that that Kyler gets frustrated in losing and and kind of especially look like kind of a fool on a national stage. But at the same time, he he knows he he probably feels like he's got a good thing with Cliff Kingsbury. You got a good thing with us. Go phnx.com, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, blowout sale at the PHNX Merchandise Locker. Pick up 
supremely discounted gear, the softest tees you can imagine. We got our Bird Gang tee right now, super discounted. I think it's $5 shipping anywhere. You absolutely love to see it. Become a diehard. Get an extra 20% off on top of that. Promo codes on discounts on promo codes. Check it out right now. GoPHNX.com. Become a diehard. Get a free t-shirt or half for the entire year. Then cop a 20% discount on the already discounted gear on the PHNX Merchandise Locker for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Bo, good to have you back, my friend, here on a lost Monday. We thought we were going to get a victory Monday. We did not, but it's been a win because all of you were here. You're voicing your concerns. You're venting your frustrations. This is the official Vent City for Arizona Cardinal fans, Vent Podcast, whatever you want to call it, therapy session, and good news because the doctors are in for the rest of this week. We got an audio-only pod dropping uh, tomorrow, and then Wednesday, Bo and I are back for a doubleheader with our guy, DA. Five replacements for Cliff Kingsbury. Plus, we're going to do it again. It's Hard Knocks After Dark. Good hell. Can you imagine what that's going to look like on HBO? We're going to be there for your post-game, 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. They're not going to show the two-point conversion, I I would bet. They're probably just going to scrap that. They're going to leave it on a cliffhanger? (laughs) That's right. Find that. Tune in next week to see what happened. Uh, (laughs) Thank you guys for for checking in with us today. Again, like, subscribe, leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. Like this video, share it around the YouTube algorithm, share it around so Sean Payton knows we want him here in the desert. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We'll see you tomorrow.